This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, December 9th. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Doug Blair. It's a topic that few people know about, but that has far-reaching consequences. Trial lawyers across the country are cozying up to the left, advancing their radical agendas while lining their pockets with government money. The result? The average consumer pays the price. Executive Director at Alliance for Consumers, O.H. Skinner, joins the show to discuss how widespread this relationship between the left and trial lawyers is, as well as offer possible solutions. But before we get to Doug's conversation with O.H. Skinner, let's hit our top news stories of the day. President Joe Biden says that for now, he won't be sending U.S. troops to defend Ukraine from a Russian invasion. Russia is currently gathering troops along Ukraine's eastern border. Biden had a long call with Russian President Vladimir Putin on Tuesday. Biden said the call was straightforward. The president warned Putin a military invasion of Ukraine would be met with severe consequences from America. One of Putin's central concerns is keeping Ukraine out of the NATO alliance. If Ukraine became a member of NATO and Russia invaded, America would be required to respond. Biden is expected to meet with members of NATO sometime in the near future to discuss a plan to de-escalate the tension between Ukraine and Russia. The United States House Select Committee on the January 6 attack announced Wednesday it would be pursuing contempt charges against former Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows after he failed to appear before a second scheduled deposition. Committee Chair Representative Benny Thompson, Democrat from Mississippi, wrote a letter to Meadows' attorney, George Twilliger III, saying, The select committee is left with no choice but to advance contempt proceedings and recommend that the body in which Mr. Meadows once served refer him for criminal prosecution. Meadows' refusal to appear before the committee is a reversal from last week, when Meadows said he had reached a deal to testify. Meadows argues that the committee is abusing its powers by attempting to ignore former President Trump's executive privilege. Representative Thompson acknowledged that Meadows had provided some documents to the committee for their investigation, but had withheld other documents based on claims of executive, attorney-client, and other privilege. California is positioning itself to be an abortion sanctuary if Roe v. Wade is overturned next year. The California Future of Abortion Council is crafting a plan to allow easy access to abortion if the Supreme Court rules to overturn Roe. The council was founded by Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom and is composed of more than 40 abortion providers and advocacy groups. They have released a list of 45 recommendations for how California can offer abortions to not only its citizens, but all Americans. One proposal even includes paying for travel and lodging for people traveling to California for an abortion. Newsom told the Associated Press that California will be an abortion sanctuary and added that we are looking at ways to support that inevitability and looking at ways to expand our protections. Now stay tuned for my conversation with the executive director at Alliance for Consumers, O.H. Skinner, as we discuss how trial lawyers have cozied up with the radical left. Conservative women, conservative feminists, it's true, we do exist. I'm Virginia Allen, and every Thursday morning on Problematic Women, Lauren Evans and I sort through the news to bring you stories and interviews that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning 
or problematic women. That is women whose views and opinions are often excluded or mocked by those on the so-called feminist left. We talk about everything from pop culture to policy and politics. Search for Problematic Women wherever you get your podcasts. Our guest today is the executive director for Alliance for Consumers, O.H. Skinner. Alliance for Consumers is a nonprofit organization that promotes best practices for everyday consumers. O.H., welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. Let's talk about something that maybe doesn't get a lot of attention but is incredibly important. I had not been informed about any of this before I was reading your work, uh, but this is the close relationship between trial lawyers and the radical left. So let's start out with a basic kind of uh, barometer here. How widespread are these types of relationships? Oh, they're they're massive. And and let me just say, Alliance for Consumers argues in a lot of different areas for how to get more money into consumers' pockets. And one of the biggest problems we've come across is this exact problem. We, we call it the shady trial lawyer pipeline, but you're starting to see it on Capitol Hill now too. And the basic function is where government bureaucrats, elected officials have found ways to partner with trial lawyers, often under the guise of helping consumers or fighting for consumers. But the end result is a weak arrangement where the trial lawyers walk away with bags of money and they just conveniently then are funneling bags of money back into left-wing political campaigns and political committees. you know, I, a great example of this is the law firm Morgan & Morgan. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just an, an easy, like, vignette into this world. It's a big law firm. Uh, they have a couple hundred lawyers. You'll see their billboards all across the East Coast when you're driving up and down highways. Uh, you'll see their ads on TV in a lot of states. So over just the last four-year election cycle, kind of midterm in general, the firm was responsible, the employees, for $4 million of political donations just at the federal level. Mm-hmm. So that's double all the employees of Twitter during wow. the same time frame from this, you know, it's a relatively little law firm, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 99% of the donations were to liberal committees, liberal campaigns, liberal uh, efforts. Uh, you know, this is the kind of place where a one check from $355,000 goes from the firm's founder to Biden victory mm-hmm. in just $355,000. And they spent as a firm almost $2 million into Joe Biden's campaign efforts. And then when Biden wins the presidency. They uh, fly the president's brother to the inauguration on the firm jet while they're trying to get him to come and work for them. So that's the kind of we're talking a a 99 percent commitment level. And the numbers change when you go across these different firms. You know, there's other firms across the country, but you'll see the same thing. It's 99 percent, 98 percent, 97.5 percent of their federal donations are going to left wing committees. And. You know, then they have a web of political action committees that do the same thing, 98%, 99%. So the depth of it, the breadth of it is huge. Mm-hmm. And they're feeding that off of government money. And that's what really – like they want to make money and be leftists. That's, that's, their, that's their business. Uh, but what's really crazy is how often they're able to capture public money mm. and feed it into their little machines. So the most salient example right now that I'm sure you're familiar with is in the House-passed Build Back Better plan. There's a $2.5 billion giveaway to trial lawyers. 
it's a, it's a deductibility provision that basically says, you know, normally they would front expenses for a case and they're only ever allowed to deduct them if at the end of the case they don't win anything, right? Otherwise, they're, they're getting paid back. It's not an actual expense. Mm. Uh, well, this says, no, you can deduct it right away regardless of if you get paid back in the future, regardless of whether you actually make millions of dollars off the case, you can just deduct it right now. Joint Committee on Taxation says that's $2.5 billion. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of just straight-up giveaway to trial lawyers that you see. I mean, this is one of the most egregious examples. It arrives on Capitol Hill, and it's measured in the billions. Mm-hmm. But why are they doing that? It's, it's this follow-the-money of they know that trial lawyers are going to give 99% of their political donations back into liberal committees and liberal causes. They're going to give money to Nancy Pelosi's PAC. They're going to give money to Chuck Schumer's PAC. And so that's at the federal level. And then at the state level, it's these uh, these giveaway contracts to go and sue a company under the guise of consumer protection. Mm. And they often – it's just a couple pages. It looks like it was written by the lawyers themselves. It has almost no <laughs> conflicts provisions. Sometimes right. there's no end date on the contract. It's just like all cases brought during a certain time frame. Mm. And – They've and that feeds millions and millions of dollars into this shady trial lawyer pipeline. So I mean the the scale of this relationship is huge. Mm-hmm. The amounts in question are huge, and the level of commitment. I mean, it's very hard to find other industry groups, maybe short of of teachers unions, who are going to give ninety nine or ninety eight percent of their money. So when you think about these trial lawyers and what they're doing. I think you've got to think about the equivalent of this is another teachers union style apparatus. But this one, maybe a little bit like teachers unions, has found ways to get government bureaucrats to give them contracts, funnel taxpayer money, give them two and a half billion dollar federal giveaways that feed this political money machine. I mean, those numbers are insane. And one of the things that was really nagging me while you were talking about that OH was that I was like, teachers unions also give this much money to you know democratic causes, and it's kind of an open secret, right? Like a lot of people are just like, oh, well, teachers unions give a lot of money to Democrats. Why are trial lawyers so kind of like under the radar? Where I hadn't heard of this before I'd started you know researching for this interview. You know, I I don't have a great answer for that. Uh, other than that they're a little bit more diverse and broke up in how they do their money. But I, I don't have an answer. I I have always thought that this was a major consumer risk because you got to remember in the Build Back Better bill, they're just taking all the taxpayers' money. Right. <laughs> but in these, in these relationships for states and cities, they're taking money that's supposed to be going to people who've been the victim of fraud or the victim of some sort of consumer harm, and they're funneling that money out the door. Right. And so from our perspective, that's how we got onto this is this is a giant suction of money out of the consumer's pockets and into just wildly political activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. They've managed to to stay under the radar. But when you see the numbers, it's the same. Right. If you if you are aware of what teachers unions are doing with the money that they get out of governments, this is the same thing. I mean, you should think of them as one and the same. And they do the same functions. They give the same money. I mean, the one thing I will say is on top of all this money, there's also uh, like I would say like an added you know cream filling for people like Nancy Pelosi. And that is is that these law firms uh, go out and do, they're like foot soldiers on these causes. So you've got law firms like Hoggins Berman, which mm-hmm. is a Seattle-based law firm. They were the ones pitching all of the climate change litigation to sue major oil companies on behalf of Oakland, New York City. I mean – 
they're doing that work for these cities. Right. You have law firms like Cohen Milstein that made themselves like cause celeb by suing President Trump over rulemakings that he did, suing him over his hotels, suing him over everything. Right. So they are literally feeding money into the political apparatus on the left and serving as happy foot soldiers, bringing up climate change cases, working on guns cases, working – whatever it is, if you can picture it – now, I guess somebody would say that teachers unions often are, uh, are you know, spreading the gospel of the left in classrooms. But I mean so this is – you got to think of them as just the same like in terms of what they're doing. Now, you mentioned that these are sort of happy foot soldiers for the left. I am curious, when you look at how trial lawyers are participating in propping up leftists and propping up Democrats, is this because they are true believers in these types of causes or is it because there is a financial incentive? Yeah. People ask me this all the time. Uh, I I haven't sat down and done enough podcast interviews with uh, the big trial lawyers, but I would tell you that like many things in life, it's both, Mm -hmm. right? There's some of these firms like Cohen Milstein. There's a firm in San Francisco called Leaf Cabracer that are very proud of the liberal positions that they hold. You know, Cohen Milstein um, has hired Anita Hill and she's an of counsel at the firm and they are super proud of promoting all of these various social causes that they fight on. Uh, that is just front and center for them and, and in a way that feels like they're, they're true believers, right? Mm-hmm. And in San Francisco, Leaf Cabracer is a massive uh, champion on gay rights causes and you, you can just read their website and understand that there's a true belief there. Uh, when it comes to a firm like Morgan & Morgan, I, I don't know. I mean, John Morgan likes being a really big deal in Florida, and he promotes ballot initiatives that are for uh, legalized marijuana and all sorts of things. So maybe he's a true believer, but he's also gotten wildly rich off of these relationships. And firms like Motley Rice in South Carolina, this guy named Joe Rice, has got a 100-foot yacht and built a private golf course. I, that feels maybe more like he's just uh, found a really good system for himself. Um, so I think you end up with both. I mean, the the outcomes are the same in the terms of the money and the commitment and who they're partnering with, who they're allying with. But the the motivations, I think, do shift a little bit. Interesting. Now, how long have we seen these types of relationships between trial lawyers and the left going on? Is this a re- relatively recent phenomenon or has this always been a thing? So I think the the relationship's been there for a long time in part because – the left is very fond of added regulations, added rules, and when you have more rules, more regulations, that opens up more ground for lawyers to sue, right? So that that's like a very basic level that's always been there. Mm-hmm. And But I think the thing that has really drawn our attention is the massive increase in the government contract side of this. And now, for the, for the first time that I've seen, you're seeing this direct federal giveaway $2.5 billion giveaway to trial lawyers. And I think that's what's really increased. I mean, there was the tobacco litigation in the past, and then, and then there was a drop-up. I mean, you didn't see this sheer scale of contracts being handed out. To be clear, sometimes these contracts are being handed out by politicians on the right, not just on the left, but massive numbers of contracts being handed out to firms that are feeding this pipeline, the shady trial lawyer pipeline of money back into politics. So they've always been on the left. It's always been... To your, you know, to your question before, uh, even if you're not ideologically super into all of the things that the modern left is about, if you're a trial lawyer, you know that one side's going to make sure that you have a lot of things to sue mm-hmm. over. They're going to pass more environmental regulations, whatever it is, right? right. Um, but what you're seeing now is just this massive uptake in the number of 
contracts where money that should be going to consumers, should be going to taxpayers, is going out the door, and then conveniently those same people are funneling money back into left-wing politics, mm. which creates this little lotto machine for them of they get they get the money, they feed the money, they get more clients who feed more money, and and it's it's not it's not good for consumers. It's not consumers should be getting more. These trial lawyers should probably be getting less. There should probably be much stronger protections in these contracts. We we write about this, you know, basic things like if you have another case on the same topic or you're representing another government, there should be ethics protections, and there's almost never. And that's a really dangerous thing for for the public. Right. Now, you've mentioned this a couple of times that this is bad for consumers. I wonder if you could elaborate a little more on sort of why our listeners would be like, what is this affecting me? How is this affecting me? Right. So, well, for your listeners, it affects you in part because you've got governments handing out big deal contracts to politically active people on the probably the wrong side of the aisle for most of your listeners. Mm -hmm. And I think that alone should be something that people pay attention to. But on a basic level, these contracts are um, – the kind of things where you know there's millions of dollars that are often not tied to individual cases, not tied to case outcomes where consumers get money, uh, and where there's no re you know one of the f famous things that these firms will do is they'll get a government client with a big fee percentage, and then they'll use the fact that they're representing the government to massively increase the speed and value of a private case they have on the oh, same topic. Okay. And then they will try to capture as much money as possible in the private case and leave the taxpayers with less. But the, don't worry, they still get their fee. Mm. Um, you know, and another, and that's for the government contracts. And then on the private side, you've got famous cases where they'll sue over technology. They'll sue Google. They'll sue some tech company, and they'll settle the case and say, "Well, we should take our fee of two, three, four million dollars." Mm. Um, but it's really hard to get money to consumers. So instead, what we'll do is we'll send the money to Harvard University the ACLU, and some other privacy organizations uh, that just happen to align with the law firm's ideology and release 100 million people's claims against Google. So they just – their actions are not designed to increase restitution to consumers. Mm -hmm. Their actions almost always manage to find a way where they get paid first. Right. They get paid better. <laughs> And they they use their public contracts to make themselves richer on the private side. They settle cases in a way. I mean, there's multiple little maneuvers they do. And surprise, surprise, at the end of most of their cases, especially for governments, they're rich. Maybe the bureaucrat got some money in their budget. And consumers often walk away with nothing. Right. And that's really what's upsetting because from a consumer protection perspective, the one measurement that we use is like, did you get – people money back in their pockets. And that should be the goal of every case. Right. I want to talk about a specific thing you've posted on the Alliance for Consumers website. So a press release on the website reads, Alliance for Consumers found that trial lawyers are leveraging partnerships with state governments to line their pockets and fund left-wing political agendas while leaving consumers out in the cold. The law firm Motley Rice has become the poster child of this sort of relationship with Federal Election Commission filing showing $2.6 million in donation that almost all favor Democrat campaigns and progressive platforms over the last four years. It sounds a lot like what you were just describing. So in this specific case, could you maybe break down what's happening to our listeners? Yeah. I mean, so so Morgan & Morgan is the is the poster child. Motley Rice, uh, they're, you know, the, I don't have the exact number. They're in that zone of $2 million. But it's the the same thing. And Morgan and Morgan has contracts with states and with local governments. And Motley Rice has contracts with states and local governments. 
and they sign up a bunch of these states and local governments. They they often will sign a contract that says we will bring litigation on uh, all possible opioids cases or all possible cases related to um, you know some sort of car problem. And they won't have an end date on the contract. They won't have any sort of provision that prevents the government from getting taken advantage of. And then they're at the same time funneling money. I, I think uh, I think it's Morgan and Morgan gives to like 36 state Democratic parties. Motley Rice gives to lots of state Democratic parties. So that's just an, that's just the straight example of they sign up governments, they get these contracts with big paydays at the end, and every year they're funneling millions of dollars into uh, Senate candidates, into House candidates, into mm-hmm. Joe Biden. And I'll admit that like. For Morgan & Morgan, Joe Biden was a cause celeb, right? $2 million. Uh, Motley Rice gives most of their money to Senate candidates, right? And they give a lot of their money to House candidates. But they all find ways to funnel the money into some arm of the left. Right. And they all give significant money to like the American Association for Justice, which is, you know, like the trial lawyer political action committee, which then feeds money to – uh, to Emily's list to elect pro-abortion candidates, mm. to Chuck Schumer's PAC, to Nancy Pelosi's PAC, to Eric Holder for redistricting. So, I mean, the best way to think about this is Motley Rice represents many, many states across the country. Morgan & Morgan represents states and city governments. Cohen Milstein represents states. And when and the, the winnings from that feeds back into their political machine. Right. So it just creates a feedback loop. It's just a feedback loop. And... Uh, and they're giving to, you know, very what I would say very professionalized organizations. They're giving to groups run by people like David Brock. Mm-hmm. They're giving to Pelosi's PAC. They're giving to the what I would call the professional organizations. This isn't like some you know moderate House member, some person running for state house. You know, this is truly into the Senate Majority PAC, Emily's List type professional left with the million, and they're getting millions out of state contracts right. that helps feed that. Interesting. So, I mean, it sounds like we've addressed that there is an issue here. Um, here comes the hard part. What do we do? How do we address the issue? Well, so I think a really good example happened up in Montana. Uh, and it sounds so simple, but it's very powerful. So they – they um, and this is an example of former attorney general is Republican, new attorney general is Republican, but slightly different mindset mm-hmm. about how to protect consumers. Slightly different mindset about what it means to – Uh, kind of live your values. So the new AG, his name is Austin Knutson, and the guy comes in, and within his first uh, nine months in office, he looks at the fact that they have a contract with Motley Rice that was just, I think, maybe six pages long, Mm -hmm. and Motley Rice represents so many different states on these same opioids cases, and he decided that there was, you know, very weak provisions in there for the state, and that the state was really not getting a very good deal. So he terminates the contract. Mm. And he talks about how, you know, and, and and there was coverage on how it was a bad contract. It was a giveaway contract with almost no ethics protections, no basic time limit provision, no like we get the best fee of all the states. I mean, no, just no real protections. And he ends it, right? And that's a real moment of uh, being a champion for your state. Um, you know, there's there's organizations that will advocate for how states or cities or or even people should just like never sue. Right. Um, Alliance for Consumers, that's not what we do. We talk about how important it is to get money back for consumers. And there's times when public officials need to sue people. 
Um, but they should probably do it with some basic protections, some basic ethics protections, good governance provisions, mm. make sure they're getting a good deal, and make sure that they're not just funneling money into a political operation, right? Because that's not what people want when they're, when they're electing somebody to go out and represent them. So what you see in Montana with uh, General Knudsen, that's real. That's the beginning of real leadership. Uh, you've seen Steve Marshall, who's the attorney general in Alabama, also quit uh, the uh, National Association of Attorneys General and cite the fact that there's just way too many ties between that organization and trial lawyers. Mm. And you're starting to see elected officials recognize that partnering with these firms is the equivalent of partnering with a group like the ACLU. And if you wouldn't do that and you wouldn't let them write the contract for you, then you probably shouldn't be letting these law firms write the contract for you. You probably shouldn't be letting these law firms, you know, make sure that they end up with a really sweet deal. Right. And you should be picking and choosing to make sure that you're, you know, picking people who aren't just a part of a left-wing political operation that's that's known for funneling money because that doesn't reflect while in your office in terms of how you're dealing if you're just giving money into a political operation. One of the things that I noticed during that explanation is it was very focused on government. I'm curious if there's a role for the consumer in how this plays out. Is there anything that the average consumer can do to make sure that these trial lawyers aren't, aren't kind of up to Yeah, I will admit that the class action system is not designed to allow individual consumers to have much, if any, voice. It's a real problem. It's why government, honestly, government enforcement actions to make people whole is a much better way to do things is because shockingly elected officials are going to actually listen to people a lot better than an unelected trial lawyer and an unelected judge. It's, it's just it's just the plain truth of it. The number one thing that consumers can do is be aware that when you see trial lawyers representing anybody in your state or in your government or when you see these billboards, you need to recognize that they are just an arm of the far left mm-hmm. and that when they are getting money – they are normally feeding it back into a highly political little lotto machine. And there's not a lot that consumers can do. You know, most consumers aren't going to be suing somebody. Right. But just recognize that when you hear about, I think a lot of the, a lot of it is informing your government, informing the people when you're in your state uh, about how doing, you know, when you see these kinds of deals, they are equivalent to signing up the ACLU or, some government official rolling over on a contract for the teachers unions. You know, it's the same, it's a little bit of the same thing on what do you do about teachers union issues. Like you can't literally uh, go in and get rid of a teachers union. Right. But you can make it very well known in your community that doing favors for these teachers unions is doing a favor for left-wing political campaigns. And in a lot of areas, that's no longer an acceptable thing. And that's what we want to see with these trial lawyer arrangements because when people recognize the political game, then it's a lot easier to get everybody to start behaving better for consumers. Right. As we wrap up this interview, I want to give you the last word. If our listeners want to learn more about these types of relationships between trial lawyers and the left, if they want to learn more about what, you know, how they can be informed, where should they go? Right. So honestly, allianceforconsumers.org has a lot of materials that I've written has and the Twitter account for underscore consumers does uh, the word for F-O-R underscore consumers. We do a lot to try to educate and highlight uh, the good and the bad. 
right? So when people do great things, we highlight that. When there's good consumer outcomes, we highlight that. And we talk a lot about things that should be getting a lot more attention. Uh, so those are two great resources. And, uh, and then just internalize that when you see trial or billboards, when you see trial or TV ads, and when you see any one of your local or state governments signing up trial lawyers, know what it is. Right. right. Know what it is and know that there's a reason that Nancy Pelosi slipped a two and a half billion dollar straight giveaway to these people in her house version of Build Back Better. Right. Right. It is what it is, which is this is just a, an ally of the left and everything that they get feeds into a machine that puts money back into the left. And if you know that, then you're a much more informed consumer and a much more informed voter. And that'll help change all of the dynamics in the space for consumers benefit. Excellent. That was Executive Director for Alliance for Consumers, O.H. Skinner. Alliance for Consumers, again, is a nonprofit organization that promotes best practices for everyday consumers. O.H., thank you so much for joining us. I very much appreciate it. Thanks for having me in. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review in a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Virginia Allen and Kate Trinko. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, please visit DailySignal.com.